Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we have tattoos of beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Tattooist, or Tattooist, I don't know, it's like Tatooine? The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Tattooist. The, ta- the Tattooist. The Tattooist of Auschwitz by Heather Morris. Everyone's starting with a beer. Good idea. This beer is from... For once, not Nate drinking other half. I got another half beer for the first oh, time. Oh, I, I don't even know. Uh, how oh, long. I did too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did, but I haven't had one in forever. This book is about the Holocaust, and that ain't nothing nice. That's what this beer is called. It's a double dry hopped <laughs> India pale ale, six point two percent. It's bitterer than I thought it would be. It's like light. It's a light, nice kind of thing. It is only six percent, so. This is inadvertently possibly my quest to find a flavorful yet not 10% beer. I think this comes pretty close. I would give it that. I think it's, it's actually quite good. It's not as uh, overly juicy or melony, melon-like. They didn't not, want anyone with melon in, in this book. No, no. No, they weren't allowed. It's, it's good. So props to you, other half. So this book was recommended to us by a listener. So just... I have to ask why. Uh, I'll pull up the exact tweet. Uh, I was trying to understand is like, did they like it and want us to know, or did they also not like it and want and us wanted us to, to not to, like it, to not like it more? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. One of those is going to happen. This was sent to us through a tweet from hell herself. And she just says, y'all I'm fucking crying. And then drunk guys, BC, a book recommendation. I need you all to do this. So I'm not crying every time I think about it. So maybe she wants she wants us to ruin it. it. She wants us to ruin it so she won't cry whenever she's thinking about it. I'm well, just, that's, that's or, what I'm going to... Or just I wants like us to plan. make a funny episode about this book about the Holocaust. <sighs> that is wildly insensitive. Who would do that? Okay. You know, I don't understand how there could be people who deny the Holocaust. They're just in the wrong camp, those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't make... That's a funny joke that's not that <laughs> offensive. People are going to be like, Birkin, wow, this is fucked up. <laughs> if you trip blink, you'll miss the jokes. <laughs> anyway, this was we, a We all wild... felt similarly about it. Uh, I don't, let's save the feelings. Let's plow through the shittiness of the book and then delve into the, the never again shittiness of the, our feelings about the book like at the end of it. No. First, we, sh- we should say that this, even though it says it's a novel, it actually kind of isn't. It's a real person's story, and then they like told it to the author, and then the author wrote it into the novel. So Allegedly. this did happen. So at least some of it did. She yeah. she said yeah. she took some creative license with like certain like timing events. Like oh, he was with the girl when the air, air the planes flew overhead, but that didn't really happen. Just for dramatic, like it's like it's she is a screenwriter. She's not. A novelist. So this actually so started as a showed. screenplay that was... So this is the novelization of an unfilmed movie based on yeah. interviews with a senile man. I don't know if he was senile. He, she interviewed him shortly before his death, 60 years after the Holocaust. Well, he wasn't a spring chicken, but that doesn't mean he didn't... He was yeah, I don't think... I don't clear think about what happened. Him. I think she just okay. wrote a shitty book based on an actually oh. interesting person's story. I know she wrote a shitty <laughs> book. <laughs> uh, so... so the, the main character, I still don't know how to say his name. Lale. Lale? Lale. Yeah. I looked, so I looked at a video Lube. of it. Yeah. You watched the film adaptation of the novelization <laughs> of the screenplay? Yes. <laughs> Wait, so there is a movie of this? No, no, no. no. I just watched, I watched a, a, I looked up, how do you pronounce this? And it was a video of her, the woman who wrote it, saying, talking about Heather her interview Morris. of the guy. So it was like, it was Lale. So anyway, the book literally starts out with the main character getting to Auschwitz. No preamble. It's literally like, boom, here we are. So the main character, he is from, he is uh, not German. Well, he's Jewish, obviously. It's kind of the point of the book. But he's mm. in the Holocaust. But he is Czech and he learned a Slovak, not dude. in the he's first chapter. Right. He's, he's not, a Slovak. He's, he's a Slovak. He's not Czech. And that's one of the many things I'll criticize about the book. Right. Okay. He's, he's from Czechoslovakia. Right, but... Which okay. was a country at the time. Sort of. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, 
You actually learn in a later chapter that uh, this is still near the beginning-ish of the war and the Germany, which had, you know, owned Czechoslovakia at the time, uh, said that every family needed to provide one young male, you know, who could work to to work for the German war effort. And so he went, they were going to, his brother was going to do it, but it's like his brother had a family. He's like, no, no, no. Lale said, I'll do it. So he, and then the very first chapter is actually in the cattle car, and it's already really brutal. There were already dead people, and uh, people have died just in the cattle car, and people are just shitting in buckets, and they're just, like, stuck in there for days. And then they arrive at Auschwitz, and they see the, you know, work will set you free sign. Made sure to mention that. Uh, And then on, I think this is the very first day, he sees the something that was very strange and that I actually didn't know was I didn't had heard this about the Holocaust. The thing with the bus? That's fake. They made that up. There's no evidence of that ever happening. It's one of many Really? Oh man, I hate this book. Yeah, so in the because <laughs> I was scene, thinking like I never heard of that. In the scene, I think there's like a school bus essentially of of Jewish people and they just force dudes onto it till they you know, crammed in there. And then through, like, the hatch or the window or something, they put a grenade or gas canister and, and it killed them all. No evidence that ever happened. Like, so that, that, that's, that's more so you, difficult you, to clean up than the fucking I was thinking way that it was they, I mean, very strange. And it didn't really make sense. Of course, the Holocaust didn't make sense. But this didn't even make sense within, you know, the context of the Holocaust. I figured maybe... Because I put them on the, the bus. What, what was the point of the bus? It's Just not to show the brutality, I think. I think that's what the point of it in the book. Uh, and, and anyway, so at that point, Lale just, he basically uh, is so traumatized that he basically passes out and is catatonic for a week, and then somebody kind of wakes him up, and he then gets typhus. the rest happens. Was that what it was? Yeah. I thought Gita got typhus. He got typhus first, and that's why when she gets it, he's like, it's typhus, I had that. Oh, okay. She's going to sleep for a while. Just shove potatoes in her mouth while she's unconscious. Like, that seems dangerous, but okay. And, uh, yeah, and they put him on, like, the 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 cart of dead people, like, from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And they're like, bring yeah. out your dead. And then he's on there. And someone's like, no, no, that guy's not dead yet. And then they save him, but then that guy I gets killed. I feel fine. <laughs> I got... Yeah, right. So... I'm not quite dead. So he, he gets almost thrown into, the, you know, a mass grave. But then someone saves him because, like, that guy looks like he's got some up and at him in him still. He's a go-getter. It's like there's really no reason why they would save him. And one of many things that's questionable about the whole story. Real, I mean, realistically, in the camps, the, lo- the logical human reaction is to only worry about yourself. Yeah. Because survival is so dire. You know, the and conditions are the so dark. German, I mean, at least according to the story, and I'm sure it was obviously true, the German officers were literally just like shooting people and killing them just just because for fun. They like also what happened near the very first day. They literally like uh, Lale witnesses three guys who are just trying to basically take a shit in the trench because that's what they had for uh, you know toilets as they were taking a dump. The 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 uh, German, the German soldiers that just shoot them. I was like, "Oh, haha! Isn't that funny?" I think that's another thing that's not true, or is exaggerated. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I'm sure sometimes. it happened occasionally. I'm sure that there were some sadistic fuckers amongst a group of sadistic fuckers. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't think that was the protocol, though. Like there was careful attendance taking every day of like roll call. That would fuck up their you know, machinery to not like, where's those three? I don't know. I might've shot those guys last night. Oh, all right. Don't do it again. Hans. Like that's not, that's just not how it worked. It was, it was all about, you know, keeping track of the people, even though they later destroyed much of the records was an important part. And if you're going to just shoot people in the woods, cause you're bored, that kind of fucks up the whole thing. So then Lale, it gets sort of becomes the apprentice of the guy who, puts the tattoos on everybody's arms. And, and the guy, it doesn't, he just kind of says, oh, you look like a smart person. Yeah. I saved you. You have then, a lot of spirit or something. And then within two days, and you know the numbers days, up to nine. 
I, I, I'm not really exactly clear. Two days, like the original guy who was doing the tattoos is like, he's gone. And then it's just Lale doing them. And, and it, it's never, is it, was it ever explained what happened to him? Or he just disappears. Like he just was it explained and I missed it. I, I just don't. No, no. It just, it's just like, he's no longer here. You are the tattooist now. So I guess it's implied that they killed him. But does it make sense either though? Because throughout the book as the tattooist, he has all these privileges why would they just kill the other tattooist then? Like, what did he do that was so terrible that he overstepped the bounds that he, you know, the extended boundaries that he had that they See, just... Had oh, that been explained, it would have been a much better story. <laughs> just one of many things that would have been... Yes. Made it a better story. Uh, Lale becomes the tattooist. And at first, it's like, it's like, horrible. How can I do this to people? But then a bunch of stuff happens. He ends up like... Being the, like, he ends up running the camp, practically. Now, one of the th- skills he does have is he speaks, uh, he speaks, like, six languages, one of which is German, so he can understand the German officers. And he's, like, given, he's given this, like, special position, which means they can't just, like, murder him at any point because he's part of the political wing or something weird like that. Political, the protection of the political officer, which means there's a very specific... Guard, and I forget his name right now. Who's oh, he, yeah. who was basically overseeing him in the tattooing of all the new incoming people? The buddy guy, yeah. Is his, is his name uh, Paretsky? Paretsky, right. something yeah. like that. Yeah, some that sound oddly Polish. For uh, I think he was Polish. There was one guard that was like a Polish guy. He gets this position of you know, sort of sort of power. In the beginning, and he kind of accumulates more power throughout the book, and he goes around just tattooing people and trying to be decent about it, and just accepting like, "Hey, I'm just trying to survive as everyone else is," and then like weirdly friendly with Boretsky, where he's like giving him advice on what to say to his girlfriend and shit like that, and then it always ends like Boretsky talks like a villain in uh, a 1980s action movie when like <laughs> the guy's undercover, and he's like, "Hey, man." Just be careful. Don't fuck my girlfriend or I'll shoot you in the face, right? Ha ha, we're friends. And they're like, <laughs> okay, that's how they talk for sure. Like, that, it just sounds so artificial. Like, the guy I, is so simple, a character. I did think that the, the Nazis are comically evil. Oh, wait. They kind of were. But still, <laughs> they were like very, you know, two, two-dimensional, one-dimensional even. And like, just kind of not really developed as characters. Pretty much every scene it's with a novel. Pretty much every scene with a Nazi, the undertone is the guy looks at Lolly and says, "If I can kill you, I would, Jew, but I can't because you could tattoo numbers." Damn it, foiled again. Like that's the that undertone you learned of every in conversation. One day. Yeah, like it's like a, it's it's not a special a, skill. Yeah, he's not like doing murals. It's <laughs> writing numbers. It's I mean, any one of us could do it, not well, but they weren't really looking for. Real well. Nope. So then uh, eventually he sees a other young, sees a young woman and he has to tattoo her. And this is also, and he's like, oh my God, she's, she's so beautiful. And no, he, want... he sees her in the distance. She's already been there. So he doesn't have to tattoo her. Oh, right. right. He doesn't have to tattoo. Okay. She's but he's been like, in the game I a while. That. But she's the one woman who's allowed to keep her hair. Is she? No, right? I thought, I thought, no, the other, one of the gypsy women gets to keep her, keep her hair. Oh, okay. That was apparently that was not matter at all. I forget who it was, but anyway. So her her name is Gita, Gita, Gita. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that's her name. I thought we were going to make a joke about her name, but I was waiting for you guys. No, you let me down. Okay, (laughs) Uh, she liked the bread. (laughs) (laughs) Fajita. It's it's fajitas. What? No, I have no jokes. (laughs) Um, So he's all like Jones into Bangita, and. Through a series of dumb bullshit, he kind of gets to go wander over to the woman's side of the camp every now and then and talk to her. And He, like, sends her a note. He gets his own special little quarters, which is probably still, you know, disgusting and awful, but he has his own bed. He's not sleeping in a bunk with four other lice-ridden men, you know? And uh, he sends her a letter, and they let's meet, and they meet. and then He sends her a like, letter through the Nazi who acts yeah. as their, like, courier because he can. I don't know. He's, well, he's a part-time matchmaker, yeah. and he 
he just he, he he's a sucker for love stories and mass <laughs> graves. So he sends the letter, but he's always like, "Ah, oh, be careful! I might shoot her!" Ha ha ha! Like he's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And then they meet, and she's like, "My name," and he's, "What will I say to her?" And he's, "Ah, oh, what's your Come name?" Come here often? No, oh, damn it! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, Gita is a Gita. Can't beat you. Oh, actually, they will. Um, make sure you work in that factory. And she has a job in like the... She's like a desk she job. She sorts through he the... gets her yeah, the she, desk job. She's sorting through she, the clothes. Because she gets oh, yeah, typhus. Yeah. She gets really sick. He's like, can you give her something where she will get to be inside and not outside where it's freezing like everyone else? And he's like, yeah, okay, I can do that. So she has a, a desk job. Basically, like handling the records of the people coming in i think because she says she gets to see their names yeah but she won't tell him her last name that's a secret and Um, also in this time he has managed to set up a flawless diamond smuggling ring in exchange for sausage would you say that sometimes he gets baby diamonds (laughs) i would say that many kinds of diamonds yes this is yeah. Baby Diamonds by Other Half. This is a double dry hopped India Pale Ale, 6.5% alcohol. And it's pretty good. It is definitely pretty good. Tastes like real baby or real diamonds or both? Mm. Mixture of the two. Okay. Mm. Mixture of the two. That sounds yeah. gritty. Actually, it is a bit more bitter than well, I was it's expecting. A baby. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> the veal of people. <laughs> <laughs> the diamonds toughen it up, though. So, it's crunchy. It's ooh. weird. I don't know. The little bones. I think it's my like... teeth are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> nope, those aren't my teeth. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> so he gets to the gig, He and he starts smuggling things, and then he meets two other guys that are working there building additional you know, buildings to house people. And there's a whole construction crew of Not nearby. Not necessarily house people. Well, it's true. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're building at first, right? And I don't, I don't remember what they were building when he sees them because there's like, it's another... Ha- oh, no, he says, you're right. He's like, you don't want to know what we're building. And he's like, <laughs> you're right. I don't care. Yeah. It was I'll also just out of that. bricks instead of just like lumber. Well, they're afraid of the big bad wolf. You know, they knew how that worked. Mm, right. That's yes. true. Couldn't you know. blow that one down. Uh, and he's like, I'll huff a puff and I'll blow you for some sausage. And he's like, you just blow the sausage now. But so then he... Meeks, it's like, I forget the guy's name, but he's Polish, Yuri. so I'm going to guess it's Stanislav. Oh, uh, okay. And Yuri, Yuri was the dude, or the son was Yuri. And then he has a two son. Polish dudes. And, um, and, uh, the guy, and, and the guy's like, oh, we feel so bad. This is terrible, but hey, it's a living. And then the son's like, get out of here, Jewish person, when he says it, you know, in the nasty way. And then, <laughs> as opposed to the nice way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's uh, a different word. It's funny. Uh, Louis, uh, Louis C.K. had a bit like, oh, Jew yeah. is the one slur that's only a slur depending on how you say it. <laughs> yeah. Like your tone can change. Like, oh, he's a Jew to something much nastier. <laughs> so you could tell which way he meant it. Yeah. And then the father's like, no, son, there, please don't be mean to this man. Even though we're building a giant oven to cremate him and his people, be friendly and I'll smuggle you in a piece of chocolate. And and he's like, all right, how's about one ruby per piece of chocolate sound to you? He's like, that's a good deal. Well, this I'm, is before inflation got really bad. So I might be know. Polish, but I'm good enough at math to know this is, good, this is in my favor <laughs> since we're, this book is built on stereotypes. The security at Auschwitz was appallingly bad if he was just able to smuggle in food every day. Or they were, you know what? They weren't. They weren't at Auschwitz. They were at Birkenau, and he would like commute. Yeah, he's like, sure. <laughs> I'm walking to work. Oh, I'm gonna miss the bus. You know? <laughs> with his with his special bag of tattoo things. Yeah, which I like. I think it had like an Ed Hardy logo on it. <laughs> it's like a t- <laughs> really douchey tattoo things. I mean, a lot of the Nazi uniforms did have all that fucking skull bling. Kind of a similar theme. Didn't um. Didn't like uh, Hugo Boss design like Hugo some of Boss their Nazi- literally designed the man designed the Nazi uniforms? Yeah, he was a big Nazi, not a boss, but like nobody's a perfect. Okay, so <laughs> but one of the things that they smuggle in through the Polish connection is uh, chocolates, and that's where this beer comes in. This is called Chocolate Raspberry Sacker, which is a imperial 
stout brewed with a chocolate raspberry cream coffee from Evil Twin Brewing. It's 12.5%. Oh, no, just 12%. Excuse me. I don't want to exaggerate. Sacker's a Jewish name. Well, S-A-C-H-E-R, yeah. Sacker, is also a type of cake. It's a chocolate, a German chocolate cake. Okay. A Sacker tort. I think it's a German cake, at least. Sacker tort sounds like a, like a legal case. <laughs> oh, it's an Austrian cake. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, Whatever. invented by some guy named Sacker. I don't know if he was Jewish, but if you look at a picture of him, he looks like a German Colonel Sanders. <laughs> like, do yourself a favor and Google Fran Sacker. Um, this is a really delicious stout that is uh, uh, that tastes exactly like raspberry and chocolate. So good on you, good on you, evil twin. And also, I have another thing for this later too. But we meet Joseph Mengele eventually. He has a and, he had spe- and he had special feelings about twins. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he did. But first, we should say, oh yeah, that, the, that these beers are brought to us by our patrons over at Patreon. These are people who didn't support more noble causes and gave their money to us. And you could be one of them too. You can help support this podcast and uh, get all sorts of cool things like getting shouted out on our monthly book poll uh, episode where you also get to vote on the book we read. You get access to exclusive content. Or you content. could just tweet us. Apparently that does it too. Well, we don't need to tell people we're not just whores, we're also sluts. <laughs> like, was a whore needs money. <laughs> but We'll do both. We'll yeah. do everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like Meatloaf, if, we will do that. <laughs> you also can have our exclusive, uh, we'll send you a pint glass if you go to our highest tier, the official Drunk Guys Book Club pint glass, which I'm drinking out of now, which makes the, every beer I have seem to taste better. And uh, we'll send you a copy of our read-along book, and you'll get, I don't even know, I mean... I can't even imagine what other things there are to name. Head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club to find out if you are so inclined. So this movie, this movie, book, let's just blank through this book because uh, there isn't really much more plot. It's exactly what you think is going to happen. Uh, a bunch of people die. He eventually makes it out. She makes it out. And they're reunited. They're reunited after the fact. And I mean, it takes a while. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff happens. But there's not really he- any like, fine plot points that I can even really remember. Uh, there's like There's stuff like things. that time. So he's like practically running the camp. He's pr- procuring for from the from the Polish carpenters all this stuff, including like penicillin. Yeah, that's for, another for people. load it's of like, horse shit. By the way, yeah, exactly. At that time, penicillin was so incredibly expensive because it, it had been invented a little bit before World War II, but the the sort of Way that it was, it hadn't the cheap way to mass produce it hadn't yet been invented, so there was not really that much of it around. Well, he was paying in diamonds and rubies. Yeah, but he was paying a <laughs> yeah, but semi-literate like Polish carpenter <laughs> in the middle of Nazi-occupied territory. So I don't know how much he had access to. Not much. Yeah, and so yeah. anyway, he's like practically running the camp, and everybody thinks he's pretty important. And then at one point, he gets. Beaten up by the American Jew, the guy who was just visiting. working for the Nazis. Jacob was he American? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, American. He was, he was just visiting, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to round them all up now." I was like, "Oh, I picked the wrong time." And oh, Jacob's the the giant, though, yeah, right? Yeah. He's giant. The big. He's American, the, but he spares because because uh, uh, Lale gets caught with like the jewels and the money under his mattress. Like, well, we'll after we'll two get, years. Yeah, after years. They never searched they finally, his apartment or his he, bed once. They try and get him to like say who's providing this for you. He's like, I don't know their names. And then he, the, the other guy pretends like, oh, I'm going to pretend to beat you up. No, I'm really going to beat you up, but I'm going to have to kill you before you can give out any names. So sorry about that. But I'll make it as easy as I can on you. But he beats him pretty hard, but he doesn't kill him, but he passes out, so he can't give out any names. So that was convenient. He had helped Jacob earlier in the book, too, when Jacob first appeared. Yeah, he yeah, gave he, him an extra had. piece of bread or something. It also helped other people, and then Dr. Mengele, or Mengele, or however you say it, was uh, made an appearance and is like, oh, looking for people, and chops a guy's balls off. For fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was cartoonishly evil. Like, he was... That he's like going up to people and he's like, I could have you in my office next. How would you like that? And he like <laughs> rubs his hands together. And like, I know the guy was a fucking monster, 
But I think he had like I think it was a little more subtle than that. It may not have been much. Like, play it cool, dude. Apparently, cool. I mean, apparently from the eyewitness accounts, like Mangle was like a very good-looking man in person and charming and carrot and like then he'd you know fucking do horrible experiments on people. But he wasn't he walking just around the camp doing like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you one day." Tee hee hee. He was present at uh, prisoner um, entrances or whatever the fuck it's called, and people were yeah. ar- ar- prisoner arrivals. But yeah, he didn't like hide behind bushes. Like, I heard that. Maybe you'll be next. <laughs> no time for lunch. You're saved. Like a fucking Bond villain. <laughs> like, or like a Batman character. <laughs> he he did remind me a lot of Batman characters. Just like, uh, what the fuck was it? One of those like evil villains or just like, uh, I can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. It's an obscure one. You know, what might help you remember is a beer. And I have this one just for, jo- just for Mangala. A sentence I never thought I'd say. This is... Oh, fuck. I, like, opened it badly. How? This is from Evil Twin. It's called... It's uh, Evil Water, Evil Twins, because Mangala was fixated on doing experiments on twins. This is a pastry stout made with Evil Twins gummies, which are, like, those fucking But they make their own gummies, and then they put it No, no. It's it's a brand of shitty candy, and, like, half of them are sweet and half are sour. Oh, I've never seen this. The gummy... The, you know, troll, troll or whatever that brand of gummies is. Yeah. I know what gummies are. Sure. Are they like? Are they red and blue? Yeah, tr- trolley. Sorry. Yeah, that sounds about right. Trolley? Maybe, Maybe it's trolley. No, it's troll. That'd be trolley. T r o l l i. Evil twins, and there's a half. You know, they're they're like fruit snacks, but half are sweet, very very sweet, and half are very very sour. Okay. They were apparently added to the seltzer. Doesn't taste like it. Tastes like. <laughs> Just like a sort of random fruit flavored sour. Well, if you put the uh, sweet s- ones and the sour ones together, do they cancel each other out? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I don't really get a sour vibe. I don't know what you put on candies to make them sour. You know, like those like Sour Patch Kids. Sour. Yeah, I don't know what's on there. It looks like sugar to me on the outside. Yeah, I don't know. But so I don't really it's know science how it stuff. Beer. Oh yeah, it's scientific, all right. Just like Mangalus experiments. It is just like Mangalus experiments. This isn't very good. Um, Neither was Mangala. Just like Mangala's experiments. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll probably have this one never again. (laughs) What? No? They they only made it once. You have a full pack of that that one? Uh, I drank drank the other ones because I bought it in the summer. So this is like a perfect beer to drink when it's 97 degrees out and I need to be hydrated, but a little buzzed. So, uh, yeah, Mangala's there and then he's not there and it doesn't matter anymore. They leave, they get back together, and that's the end of the book. Well, so um, Wale gets to bang Gita a bunch of times. Well, because he's bribing her cell block warden, whatever that broad title was. Each each unit has like a person in charge, and he bribes her like, here's a diamond ring. And she's like, all right, go go stup her, (laughs) or whatever the (laughs) Yiddish word for that is. But she's like, I'm not going to tell you my last name. But then eventually, it's been like three years in the camp, and they can actually see some American airplanes, you know, American fighter airplanes or bomber airplanes. They're like, bomb the thing, bomb the thing. But they don't um, because you obviously can't hear from up in the plane (laughs) what people are saying (laughs) down on the ground. (laughs) That's a science. Uh, And then that doesn't work. But eventually, really loud. They do get... So they don't exactly get, they don't get liberated, or at least that's not what happens to Lale. They actually get packed on train cars again and then sent back out. They get, they get sent away because the, uh, you know, the Germans are retreating from the uh, Russian army, because at that point the Russian army was approaching Poland in the place, you know, and where Auschwitz is. So anyway, so Lale is like at a different camp, but then somehow manages to get out of that. He just... Uh, he, he walks under the fence. He finds a hole yeah. in the fence and he leaves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the the whatever. I mean, throughout the book, you get the sense that the the Germans have a very low standard for security. Whatever they had, it's gone in the retreat. Like well, whatever, just terrified of the Russians who are clearly going to murder all of them. So at that point, they really just didn't care. Yep. Yeah, it'll slow them down to chase down the guy. Americans like, would take the prisoner. The Russians would not. Oh, and then he spends like two chapters as a pimp for the Russian soldiers. That was really yeah, weird. Because <laughs> Lale 
knows can speak both German and Russian and Polish and Czech and you know all the all these languages. And they literally find you know he's trying to just walk back to Czechoslovakia, and they're like, who who is this man? And he can speak Russian. And they're like, I've, we've got a job for him. They bring him. They don't say what it is. They bring him to headquarters and say, we need you for something. And they literally take these clothes and put them in a nice suit. Okay, you're gonna go to the town, and you're gonna find all the women. And ask them if they'll party with us. Which I think that's also pretty inaccurate because uh, pretty sure the Russians just, I mean, they didn't did ask a permission. lot of raping. Yeah. yeah. They weren't that was paying. in Germany. Well, okay, you might be right about that. But that was in Germany, not necessarily in Poland because Poland, the Poles weren't the enemy. All right. Maybe just, Although, they just it, raped you might the be right. poor Polish girls. <laughs> like the ones that they called, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah. speculating. But I know in Germany they raped like, Every woman they could find, it seemed. Every woman. Any story yes. you hear. Good times. Not, uh, not in the book, though. No, no. They need a pimp. And he goes so, to town, and he's like, hey, I have this. And they're like, just go take that buck, buck, bucket of fucking jewelry. And he's like, okay, should I take two buckets of jewelry? Like, better be safe. Take two. <laughs> and he just get the, goes. Get the hottest women. Yeah, get the hottest peasant girls. <laughs> Who are starved and desperate, and they'll fuck us for a gold bracelet that they can't do anything with. And he goes into the town, and he's like, hey. And at first, he's like trying to be subtle, and he's like, you know, it's like, and he's like a narc, you know, he's like, I hear they like to party around here. And like, oh, yeah, we'll fuck those guys for money. And he's like, oh, thank God. I didn't want to, that was, this was awkward already. And they constantly like want to fuck him, but he's like, no, I'm taken. Again, this, this might be, from when the old man was telling the story to the interviewer, it's like, and of course the women wanted me, but I would promise myself to my wife, my future wife. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, really? You're like this emaciated, starved, filthy, poor man. But my like, heart belongs to another. Like, yeah, well, okay. So eventually they, he, they, they, one of the, so the soldier who was the Russian soldier who was watch who was like minding him and watching him as he went to town to procure women was like left or was assigned somewhere else. So like, okay, you can go by yourself. We trust you now. We are that lazy and incompetent. I fucked so, he, so many peasant girls last <laughs> night. I can't even be bothered to care about you. My penis hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so Lale is like, okay, uh, I will do that and take some extra cash, extra like. <laughs> Jewelry and then leaves and then goes to Czechoslovakia. He's like, nobody's watching me, so I'm leaving. Yeah. And then he I mean, finds his family, well, like what's left of it, his sister, and he's like, Yeah, your, our parents are gone, and your brother died, he's like a freedom fighter sort of type. Yeah. He then eventually goes to Bratislava, which is Slovakia, and he's like, I hear there's a lot of Slovakian people just being dumped here every day. Let me just go look for her. And he just goes finds to like her. the Red Cross. Where they have like set up registration numbers and say, like, "Oh, here's where everyone is," and I know about numbers. <laughs> yeah, and then they they're like, "Oh, that's great." And it's like, "You want to get married?" She's like, "Yeah, let's get married." I promise I didn't bang those whores. Like, what whores? Like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we did what we had to do to survive. <laughs> I had to test the horse. And then they have never a bunch made. of crazy shit, and he like and starts a rug business or a textile business, and then he has to flee. Because the Soviet Union takes over, and he dips, yeah, like and he goes, to, he goes to Australia. And but for a while, he's like able to skirt around the Soviets, and they're like, oh, it's cool. He's, oh, he speaks Russian. It's because he imported the fine linens and silks that the, the upper classes of the Soviet Union wanted, so they let him get those materials for him so they wouldn't have to deal with all the shit. What is he, like, a f- on the fucking he's silk like, road? He's, like, the fucking like, best. I have very fine silks, my friend. Like, what kind of bullshit? This dude's, like, a, like a supernatural-level hustler. Like, wherever he is, he will start the best business and just cater oh, to he's the an top. Op- he, he, he's an, uh, less charitably, he's an opportunist, is what he is. He's good at it. And then he goes to Australia, and then a dingo eats them. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> dingo eats the baby, and then... They do have a baby, sad. but, like, late. And then his wife dies, like, in the 2000s, and then he He died. also died in the 2000s. Yeah, they both lived a long time. And, like, the last few years before he died, he told his story to this lady who wrote a bunch of screenplays that no one ever 
made movies of, and then she did this book. Maybe he moved to Australia because, like, I need to find a country that the name is closest to Austria. He was and confused. He bought the ticket to the wrong place. Like, why is this so expensive? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and why is that flight so long? It's a very, very slow flight. Like, here. <laughs> Czechoslovakia to Austria. That should be like 45 minutes. Why are they constantly like telling me what minutes. is and isn't a knife? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the end of the book. Then there's like an essay, a little spiel about how she interviewed him. And I swear it's all true and it's wonderful. And then it ends... And then you're like, thank fucking God. Yeah. That was brutal. So okay. I could go through so, some of the other major historically terrible things about the book. But more importantly, what do you guys think about it? I, like Jimmy texted us, it's like chicken soup for the soul holocaust. No, I was, no, no I was, chicken soup at all. I was in <laughs> Barnes & Noble and there was actually a book there where they made a bunch of versions of that. And it was chicken soup for the Jewish soul. And the first story was like... It's got matzo balls in it. Yeah. It's chicken matzo ball soup. Uh, but the first story was like a guy who, you know, survives the Holocaust and then, you know, gets old and they go down and they're at a thing and he sees a man who used to be a guard. He's like, oh, I forgive you. I was like, okay. I was like, wow, these are trash. I mean, I was a high schooler. I thought, this is terrible. <laughs> but it was like, it wasn't that level of schlocky, but it was pretty like, pretty low effort. It was, cl- it was close. I didn't know what was wrong with it. Like, I didn't get why it was like, eh. And then I saw one of the reviews like, this woman is a screenwriter. This is written like a movie. It's just dialogue. I felt it felt like a fucking YA book. Yeah, it the was writing. Low, it the was, quality yeah, of the writing good. was YA. Yeah. It's not subtle, I guess you could kind of say. It's very, it's very much black and white, which, of course, so is the Holocaust. But as a like, work of literature, it is not subtle. It it just sort of like even from the very first chapter, it's just constantly just like really, really kind of kind of brutal, I guess. Or it's just which which there's nothing inherently I, 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 wrong. I'm having with. trouble yeah. explaining like why it wasn't so was so good, but yeah, it's the Hallmark Channel movie version of the Holocaust. Okay, so here's one thing that stands out: some of the horrifically corny dialogue it's yeah so yes. bad now these are like i wasn't there for the holocaust but i've read enough stuff about it to know that people i mean i'm sure there were still some humor in people to try to like make to make it more bearable but the amount of just shitty things they say in this book is a i found frankly offensive <laughs> like the line <laughs> where or like just or just shitty dialogue say in general like when he meets the polish builders for the first time and they're like it's called Crematorium 1, Victor says quietly and looks away. Crematorium 1? With the possibility of a Crematorium 2? Sorry, I said you wouldn't like it. Like, that's fucking dog shit. Then later on, there's a part where something happens and, like, they kill somebody. Oh, we totally skipped over the part where Gita's friend is, like, fucking the Nazi guy because he's, like, his See, whore. See, that was... That, that character, Silka, I thought was actually the most interesting character. And she does have a second book about Silka. Yeah. But I don't want to read it because I know it's not good. But after the war, Silka goes to, she gets uh, convicted as a collaborator because she was banging the Nazi because he would kill her otherwise. And she gets sent to a work camp in, in fucking the Soviet Union for 15 years. So she has had it rough. She got the raw deal. Yeah. And she got it raw. <laughs> Which they do mention at one point, don't worry, you can't get pregnant when you're so hungry. <laughs> like, basically, a lot of Yeah, that is what book. she said. It was like, oh, Jesus, that's grim. Which is true, but yeah. Jesus. Uh, another terrible line. I forget what happened exactly. Like, one of, the, one of the other broads got murdered or something. And then she goes, they say, like, oh, what's, do you want to pray with us, Gita? And she's like, no, just a few tears. That's all I'll let, the, that's all I'll let these murderers have from me. Like, okay, you, sh- you really showed them. Okay, uh, another great line uh, that's just trash, trash, trash is um, when Lalo and she thinks Lolly's dead for a while because he's getting the shit kicked out of him by the other guy, I think, or he was busy or something. And he walks off after seeing her and she grabs him back and kisses him. And he's like, maybe I should stay away more often. And she's like, don't you dare. That's fucking 
terrible. That is such shitty, corny dialogue. You know, and I didn't know she was constant. a screenwriter before, but now that you yeah. told said that, now I'm picturing is, like why a screenwriter would like put that in a movie. It's like, oh, this is yeah. like if mm. Nicholas Sparks wrote a book about a movie about the Holocaust. Oh, another line: I will not be defined by being a Jew. I won't deny it, but I'm a man first, a man in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> this will be also, a Holocaust to remember. <laughs> I like the ones we forget. <laughs> Remember this one. Also, this line was unintentionally hysterical. <laughs> After he bangs Gita in the room and then the warden broad, um, I forgot her name, doesn't matter at all. She's like, oh, I see you're feeling better. And he's like, yes. Did you get my bribe of chocolate? She's like, yes. I like sausage too. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> Maybe that was a that euphemism. Was a, and then he bangs Yeah, and she's her. like, listen, uh, I, I'd also like to get laid. I'd like it a latka. <laughs> uh, it just, it just, the yeah, dialogue it is was, so it bad. It was poorly written. It was, and it's all dialogue. There's no, there's barely any, she like put some in there where it used to be just seen and like open on sad camp. You know, she's like, oh, he walked into <laughs> the sad camp. Like that's about it. Yeah, there's really not much description. And I actually looked it up. Uh, one Holocaust museum or organization pointed out all of the things that are incorrect about Auschwitz. When he's like, oh, I was on block number 31. They're like, that was 27. Like, the numbers are not even, like... Yeah, it says here... Perhaps it, it was an thing. older man trying to remember something from 60 years ago. I'm not going to fault him for getting the finer details wrong. Yeah. But she didn't. she made no effort to fact check any of it. She was like, I'm just going to add some corny fucking lines to this. No, I don't think she would even have the skill set to fact check it. But you would think some, I and mean, this is a huge bestseller. You would think somebody would have, I mean, they didn't expect it to be, I'm sure. There's but. plenty of bestsellers that are trash. Mm, yeah, we read a whole bunch of them. You like a bestseller about the Holocaust? Yeah, it's just like, wow, that's guaranteed to be a bestseller. It just felt exploitative as well. <laughs> and frankly... <laughs> I am tired of explaining the Holocaust for jokes. Okay, I kind of thought it had, so it had a slight problem in its conception in that it's kind of not a novel. Okay, it is if you just make shit up about it. But if, if you take away the stuff she made up, it's kind of not a novel. It's more like a ghost-written memoir. Except it's not a ghost-written memoir because band. it's like, I obviously, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. So... It wasn't written in, like, first person. It was written in third person. And I have a feeling the author was trying to at least stay kind of close to what the what Lale told her. So she couldn't make it from, like, make it about the actual interior experience, like the inner monologue kind of experience of what it was like to live in the Holocaust. It had to be third person instead. But also... I mean, how much how much liberty did she take? Actually, sounds like with the story, it sounds like she took even more than I than I was imagining. But that's like kind of a, a problem. It would have worked better as a first person novel. But then again, if she really wrote it in first person, then everyone would say, "How do you? How could you know that they thought those things?" And she had to write it third person based on like what he told her but the problem is this is a man very older man remembering stuff that happened a long time ago and of course he's going to paint himself in the best light and of course he's going to you know as an older guy he can say the corny lines like you know i always loved all women i just thought they were so you know it's so nice and this is how you be nice to women you just flirt with your mom and (laughs) your mothers and and said some like very things that kind of Sounds sweet coming from a you know a really old man. I'm also okay. Another thing we should talk about is like what what did he leave out? Because I think okay, well that that's a totally different issue. But the problem is like the concept of the book just kind of doesn't work. Now a different example, a different book that is kind of the same thing, but is actually a really good book is in fact Moonglow by Michael Chabon where it's actually his grandfather's oh, story. Yeah, I read that one. And his grandfather 
was like so uh, if i remember correctly michael chabon's like grandfather he was he was dying and michael chabon was taking care of him it was like over months and so his grandfather was telling him all these stories uh, and he, it's also about World War II, though he was not in the Holocaust. He was actually American. But anyway, but he was in the U.S. Army, and he was, like, hunting Werner von Braun. But in the very beginning of the book, Michael Chabon says, this is his story, more or less. I told it the way I wanted to. So he's mm. saying, like, 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 I'm making this into a good book. Like, even though it's not exactly what happened, I'm making it into a good book. And it is a good book, and I would definitely recommend it. But it is it is the similar kind of concept to this book, but actually done well. It, it's possible because Michael Chabon is actually a good writer. Also a very good Heather writer. Heather Morris he is, is a screenwriter, which is probably why she couldn't write it in first person, because they don't necessarily usually have inner monologuing in movies like weird independent films. So she's never had to yep. do that. And she's also, from what I understand not a very good screenwriter because nothing was ever made into a movie. I think there's a, like, I forget where I found it, but it was like one of her screenplays was optioned, which means they were like, we might make this, and then they didn't. She well, I, think it's, I think it's common for screenwriters to like never get a movie made. Yeah, I think that's no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a hard business. I, I don't falter, but if this is the book she wrote... I, I mean, I've already shit on it enough. There are you can look online for all the other historically inaccurate things. That's what I that's what bothered me most. It's terribly written, but I found it offensive to not bother to get the details right. That bothered me a lot about the book. I'm okay with some details being well, it's, I don't smushed. care if they're like, oh, he said it was block thirty one, but it was block thirty seven. I don't care about that. Yeah. But like when the, the the few actual details that are in the book are wrong, like for example, they have a there's a scene where Barisi is like, hey, we need 10 guys to play soccer with. And then they play soccer against the guards and the guards. They have to, everyone knows they have to lose to the guards. Okay, we've seen that before. It's in a lot of like prison movies and shit like that. But then it's like, oh, what are we playing for? And someone's like, here, I found this. It's the World Cup 1930 trophy. Oh, yeah. We just and had like, this. No, you didn't, because the World Cup was won by fucking... 1930 World Cup was won by Uruguay, not by France, as they said in the book. <laughs> so that... I mean, I, I don't give a shit about soccer, but I know, I know a lot of trivia. So I know who won the World Cup each year, and they didn't win it. And I happen to know this weird detail. The World Cup trophy, at least then, wasn't a, like, you got to keep it forever trophy. It was you only kept it till the next team won it sort of thing. Maybe their and, friends in Argentina sent it to them. But, in, but the World Cup in 1934 <laughs> was won by Italy. So it would be sitting in some sort of Italian place, not in a Polish village, for them to just grab it, it from it someone. It would not be at Auschwitz. It would not. That was just stupid. There, there was that, one thing in there that I noticed, and I thought, maybe I'm just... Not getting it, but if there was this much inaccuracy, it's possible. It was like when they see the planes overhead, it's like April, and then a few chapters later, it's like it was many hot summer months in Auschwitz, and we were doing our thing. It's like, but the war was over by June. D Day was nineteen forty, was June nineteen forty four. So in the fall of nineteen forty four, you could conceivably have seen American warplanes flying over Poland, fl- flying over German lines in Poland, bombing stuff. So that that could have been true. Um, as late as you know, uh, you know the fall and winter of ni- nineteen forty four to nineteen forty five. But then he would have been liberated, probably somewhere around March, February, March in forty five. I don't know. She took. She took. Definitely took liberties. You know what uh, this reminded me of? Now I'm thinking about it. The Michael Bay movie that I didn't see, but I know it was bad. Pearl Harbor was like a, it's a cheesy love triangle set against Pearl Harbor, but it's like. Why did you do this? Also, the dialogue is terrible. Well, well that, that, that movie came out cashing in on like Saving Private Ryan being such an acclaimed and big movie. And Josh Hartnett cashing in on that man. Mm. That man cunt of his. He's <laughs> like, oh, this is my chance. <laughs> Spread my wings. <laughs> no, it, this definitely feels... It, it's, it's the same quality of writing as a Michael Bay movie. It's just far fewer explosions. There's there one. Was, there's yeah, one. just There's one. two. There's two. Oh my god, there's another thing. There's a part where um, they're like, oh, the women had been smuggling gunpowder in under their fingernails to build the bomb. That, it did happen that 
they tried to blow up one of the fucking crematorium or something in the camp, but they didn't do it that way. And they didn't blow up two like they do in the book. Like, why would you change that detail? If they actually did something like that, why would you make up a different thing that they did instead? It doesn't make any sense. It, was, it wasn't even like an important part in this story. It just happened in the background, like, oh, by the way, this happened. It wasn't like something that altered the plot in any way, so she needed to change it for artistic reasons. It was just a thing. And she's like, I heard they did something like that. What happened? Oh, probably that. Whatever, good enough. It's just any, anything in the book that's like not the love story, you should question the historical accuracy of it. Also, he, so I mentioned earlier, they keep talking about Slovakia. So Czechoslovakia was a country, but in 1930... Eight, right? That's when um, the Munich Pact and the, the British and the French were like, you could have Czechoslovakia, Hitler. Peace in our time. So Czechoslovakia, it was a country just manufactured essentially on a map after World War I. And it had, the, the Czechs are an ethnic group, and they're about, they're about half of the population. And then the Slovaks were another group, and they're about a quarter of the population, and the rest were a bunch of were just, other people. Were they, were they the O's? The, 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 the O's, yes. <laughs> A bunch of O's, including a <laughs> small group of Germans who were just yearning to be free, and Hitler had to save them. So in the book, the guy's like, I am a Slovak. We are Slovaks. I only care about Slovakia. It's like, no, you didn't. Like, you might have cared about the, ideal of, like, the idea of Slovakia and, and, like, the Slovak people, but the Slovakia that was a country in 1939 was a German puppet state. So if he's, like, this... Uh, uh, why would he... F- it wouldn't have felt like that. That's just total bullshit, He seems too. like also like the kind of guy who didn't know that would have been going on. He was just he was just trying to fuck anything that moved. I mean, I could get that, but then, but then why would he... So he's just pretending, like, I'm a proud Slovak man. I just want to get some gash. And I guess, I guess that could be true. That was another thing that bothered me, because that was just totally not, not accurate. Like, why make that up? Because she didn't know. And she didn't want to investigate or figure out or she figured most people wouldn't know that i didn't know that well that's the thing that bothers me like this is i mean we've made many jokes that we'll cut out of the episode but this is a serious topic like why cheapen it like the love story part sure i'll believe that that happened i'm sure it did but why cheapen it by getting everything else wrong that's that i found offensive because it's just a backdrop for a new york times bestseller it doesn't That's matter absurd. if it's true or right. Okay, yeah. here's the question. Why do people like this book? Because clearly a lot of people do. Because people love schlock. Is that a Yiddish word? It sucks my schlock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a corny love story, and it's about the Holocaust. And most people's experience with that is they heard it was a thing, and wow. So... Does it matter if it's accurate? Not really, but it's just, it's a way to make it, you know, seem more interesting than it is. I think in the hands of a more competent writer, this could have been a very, very interesting book. Because it wasn't, it, even if this guy would embellished have been a, a little bit, it would have been still a crazy story. Still a fucking nut, nutty story. But it was hampered by the fact that if I wrote this book, it would be probably only a little worse than this because I'm not a fucking book writer. I think, I think we could, I think collectively we could do a better version than this. <laughs> it's, not, I, it's just, it's, I won't say that for most of the books that we shit on. I, I still know I can't, I'm not a good writer. I think we could do better than this. This sound, this, she, she wrote it and then she at was least like, more uh, accurate. Yeah. We, yeah, we get, we get, you'd get the history details, right? But the dialogue could be a little better because all of it just feels like she wrote it once. Is like, yeah, that's good enough. Oh yeah, and she turned this, churned it out, and surprisingly, as a huge seller, this book has almost a half a million ratings on Goodreads, and it has a review, uh, overall rating rather, of four point two five out of five. So people fucking love this. That's incredibly high. That's crazy. It is really hard to get much above four. I think it is just people feel like it would be wrong to give it a low rating because it's a love story set on the Holocaust. I'm so glad I didn't have that dumb feeling. It's like, oh, if I don't like this book, it means it would be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the only reason I come up with. Otherwise, I mean, the kind of people who take the time to actually make the reviews online 
they got to be people who read at least, you know, more than one book a fucking year. So it's not like they just wrote, read this book and then it's like, I'm going to make a Goodreads account so I can review it. It's, I, I just don't know. I have no idea. I think it's the Hallmark Channel lifetime original movie level of love story that's in this. People clearly like that. I kind of think it doesn't really uh, work in a book about the Holocaust. I also think for a lot of people, you know, they're not like history buffs like we are. And so they've like heard that the Holocaust, as you were saying, Jimmy, they've heard the Holocaust was a thing, but they didn't know a lot about it. Yeah. And so if you really knew nothing about the Holocaust and like this, if you like had heard about it, but this is all, this is sort of like the most detailed thing and sort of like a personal narrative you've ever heard or read about it, then it would be pretty shocking, even though it could have been even more shocking, strangely. But then, you know, if, you, if you're shocked by that, then maybe you also liked the love story with it too, which I actually didn't, but... I don't know. It wasn't, I'm a history major, a history buff, and I knew a lot about the Holocaust. And so this didn't surprise me, I guess. It's like I kind of knew. They're more like I saw Schindler's List once years ago. So I kind of like knew what it was like. I didn't, it didn't shock me. This book, I mean. The love story is also terrible, though. There isn't one. I, I, I think so, too. It's just, it's just kind of like, oh, I saw her and she was so beautiful. Just, just, just the one, and then they're, and yeah. then they're like, oh, 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 I guess we love each other now. It was pretty much a YA level romance, bad YA. So here's the thing about this book, though: if you want to know about the Holocaust, there are like a thousand better books you could read. And one thing I thought throughout the whole time, and not just because, is that Night is a much, much better book to read than this. Night is by. Is it Ellie Weisel? Eli? I've Ellie. Heard of Ellie and Eli. I don't know which one is right. Ellie? I think it's Ellie. Ellie Weisel, who just recently died a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. He wrote Knight mm-hmm. and many other things, but Knight's his most famous thing, about his own experience in Auschwitz. Right? Is he in Auschwitz? Yeah. I think he's in Auschwitz, so, right? Yeah. With his father. And I, that's a, one of the only books in my life that I read in First of all, in high school. But <laughs> secondly... <laughs> yeah, me too. But, but secondly, in one sitting, I was like, holy shit, this is f- crazy. And like, I knew roughly what the Holocaust was because I was a good, good enough student to know that if you want to know what the Holocaust is like, read that book. That book is fucking yeah. dark. We will it be doing that book. Stygian. Uh, it'll be coming out in May for VE Day. But... It'll be much better than this. Read that book. There are sequels. I never read them. Read those. And st- read those. Read the fan fiction of the sequels to those sequels before. I don't you know about that. that. There's, probably some, there's probably some really, Ooh, really you, you not. Don't you don't want to. You don't want to fuck with anything written about <laughs> Night on the Internet. I know it's on 4chan. It's fine. So is it under fantasy? But, <laughs> but seriously, there are better. There are tons of Much books better. about people who, written by people who survived or are witness to the Holocaust that are better written, that are actually accurate, and more enjoyable than this. Like this book is, as Jimmy said, rightfully said, it's schlock. It is just, which which does sound like an oddly Yiddish word for us it to might, use. To it describe. might be a Yiddish word. <laughs> it's just smeared with bullshit. <laughs> it's it's really it really does suck though. Read night. Read night twice. And and don't read this book. So I know we're going to ask who should read it, and my answer is no one. No one needs to read this book. Yeah, I really don't think so. The author clearly didn't even fucking read it because she would have even she would have like, man, I got to tighten this up a little bit. But no, no, it's perfect. She thought it was perfect. Okay, another question. So there, he, this this one guy. So the guy he had said this is the near the very end, and they like he you know had gotten out, well, oh, and he was like, Lala. oh, Lala. He's like, well, we got out, and we were very. No, we were supporters of Israel, but we didn't move there because, you know, I was afraid I would be seen as a collaborator. And then I really immediately thought, holy shit, what did he leave out of this book? What yeah. did he not say? Like, what did he do there? I mean, sure, of the sort of the focus of the book is you do what you have to do to survive. But man, like, was he a collaborator? And what did he leave out? Like, did he, is there something that he obviously didn't say out loud? But did he actually do that he would be ashamed of? 
Well, I, I doubt that he was, you know, the paragon know. of virtue, you know, single-handedly smuggling in food and bread for everyone that he knew, like best friend to all the gyp- the gypsies. I did I think it was interesting that when he first met them, he called them gypsies, but as soon as he got to know them, he started calling them Romani. I thought that was an interesting detail, way more attention detail than this Heather Morris would ever put into something. It might have just been an accident. So I did not notice that, actually. Yeah, I was like, oh, gypsy, that's not a good word to use these days. And it's like, ah, the Romani. Like, oh, that's odd. Huh. I'm not going to give her any credit, though, but whatever. But, I, yeah, there is a certain amount of, like, he, he couldn't have, he, he couldn't have told her everything. If he was, if he did not want to move to Israel just in case. Well, keep in mind, it was in 1961, was it? When, is, when Israeli forces went and kidnapped Eichmann from, uh, was he in Argentina or Brazil, wherever he was hiding out? Argentina, I think. That's where they, they kidnapped they like Argentina. him. Argentina. And they brought him back for, not to say he was not due his day in court, but for what was essentially kind of planned to be a show trial. Then <laughs> they're like, we're going to bring justice for the Jewish people on this motherfucker. I mean, uh, Lale Sokolov or whatever, he was, he was not quite as high up in the pecking order as, uh, as Eichmann was in terms of orchestrating the Holocaust. But no. maybe after seeing that, he was like, I don't even want to come close to that. Because he did fucking tattoo God knows how many thousands of people. He was part of the machine. Well, he talked about even if in he, the camps, like those people who, like, uh, he wore the star and these person wore the triangle but there was those other people who they're just criminals and they work for the nazis because they love to kill and beat up people and they were they were like they're like the the capos or whatever uh, like the guard that oh the yeah, guard yeah. of the um, of gita who he would bribe with stuff she was like some she was also a prisoner but she was like an enforcer and the giant who punched him to fake death fisted him <laughs> Well, there was, that was true. There was like a weird, like we never learn about that in school. And it's the sort of thing that when you, it's, it's not a good conversation for parties, I mean, but they yeah. had all <laughs> these different triangle systems, like a fucking, the German like, forget, very like, organized, a, a pink triangle was like a homosexual and then like a blue one, if it's for like a Jehovah's witness or something like that. They had like all these different things that you could see. Like, so a person could have like, a, I forget, I don't remember which colors are which now, but like the one for criminal and then the one for like gay dude on top of it. And so you'd have like a sort of look like a star of David, the six pointed star, but it was like half pink and half black or something like that. They had these on people, but the only thing we ever actually learn about because we don't go to Nazi school (laughs) is the Jewish star because that was not, was outside of the camps as well. But in the camps had these crazy organized shit that they did. So I guess that's what he's talking about there. Yeah. How they wore little badges. But I mean, he said like there was this class of prisoner that was often used as to like enforcers keeping the other ones in line and beating them up and ratting them out. It's it's efficient. Yeah, it just I it, it I th- I thought it would have been an interesting thing to delve into like how he felt about that. But she lacks the ability to write his turmoil, <laughs> so it's just not going to happen. So no one should read this book, right? No. And thanks not. so much, Hell herself, for recommending it. Maybe you'll stop crying. I hope this is what you, you wanted. Yeah, maybe you'll stop crying when you uh, read it. Like, I can't believe I've wasted my time on this book. That's what made her cry. You know, I will say this. Uh, it's not a, it's not an impossible, it's not a difficult read. You could plow through no. it real fast. Yeah. I read it in two days. Yeah, me too. And maybe that's what people like about it. You know, like, oh, I read a book and it was interesting and it's about history and it loves to, it has like a whole, it checks off a lot of boxes. But man, the biggest box it checks off is the, this is a pile of shit box because <laughs> man, this was, I'm just, I'm just offended. It was just low effort. I mean, she'd put a lot of work into interviewing the dude and then did not follow through in. And I think she wrote most of it after he was already dead. Like, oh, he, he died. Okay. I guess I now I'm going to write this thing. I wonder how many times she was like, oh, I forgot to ask him that. Oh, oh well. (laughs) (laughs) You were Jewish, right? (laughs) I feel like she didn't get any of the details before she... Was that what it was? (laughs) And how do you spell Holocaust? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or smuggle us a sausage and chocolate over at drunkguysbc at twitter.com. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. 
And if you've listened this long, uh, why not leave us a review wherever you're listening? Just uh, round it to five stars. Not stars of David. Yeah. Well, I mean, they Just could stars. be. Uh, <laughs> They're not. I'm not. I'm, we're not. We're not judging. Maybe um, on like maybe there's like one app that does that, but I don't know what it is. is <laughs> J Date. <laughs> I don't know if they have podcasts on JD, but you never know. <laughs> I don't think we'll be featured there. Uh, and check out our Patreon if you still you know want to support the podcast, where you could get all sorts of cool stuff at patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. And check out the hopped up network, a network of independent beer podcasters, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.